You look very pleased with yourself, Violet. Well, yes, a nice Chinese GP2 driver said he'd give me a kiss if he finished in the top ten at Monaco. Hoping to? No, I'd be happy with a peck on the cheek. Hello and welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed. I'm Gareth Jones. I'm Richard Porter. And I'm Zod. So if this show sounds a little bit different to other episodes of Gareth Jones on Speed, it's because we're recording in my garden, which is in the inner city in North London. So you'll, you'll probably hear birds and the number 73 bus and the fire stations just over there. So you might hear a fire engine. Here, let's give them a bit of atmos for a minute. Listen to this. Distant chipping blackbird, and that's, that's blackbird, it. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I'm not so good on birds, so it's a bit of wind as well. Though. We've been out and about, not just in the garden, but out and about driving some interesting cars recently, and we thought we might want to tell you about it. I promised that I would have a mini clubman to review on this programme, and it happened. I had one for a week, and it was gorgeous. I have to say, it was a hot chocolate brown Mini Cooper S clubman, which went like stink, didn't it, Zog? It did go like stink. I have to admit, when we first got on that car for our trip down to Brands Hatch, I didn't think we were going to make that first corner. But, uh, <laughs> it, it, it really hung on remarkably well. Much and, like Mr uh, Keller in the Turkish Grand Prix. <laughs> <laughs> I was astonished at how planted this car was. Now, Richard, maybe you remember this, but I remember when they first talked about the Cooper S coming out, reading something in a magazine about how the Cooper S had gone round the Nürburgring quicker than some Porsches. Do you remember reading that fact? Yes. I was just saying to Zog while you were setting up the gubbins here for the recording that uh, I remember driving the very first new Mini, just a normal Cooper one, and going into a roundabout a little bit hot by accident and thinking, well, you know, I'm going to understeer, it's manageable, that's okay, lift off, be all right. And it didn't understeer, there was a little cheer up from the tyres, but they didn't actually let go, and, and it just went round. And that was just the Cooper on smaller tyres, and I was like, God, this thing's quite sorted, particularly for a front-wheel drive car. The wheelbase is different on the hatchback new Mini to the Clubman, but still not a very big car. Well, by Mini standards, original Mini standards, it's enormous, mm. but by modern car standards, it's quite short, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, but I think yeah, the and thing is, about that new Mini, when the, when the original new Mini came out, everybody's going, oh, it's huge, it's huge. I heard someone's going, oh, it's the size of a Golf. And it was actually shorter than a Ford Cap. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know no, that. I, 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 I would have about that. When you open both the front doors, it is then wider than it is long. Ah, oh, I can believe that. that. One of the things that, that struck me most about driving it was just how well it seems to fit just as a driver it's a car that seems to be absolutely the right size mm. and very quickly you've got a lot of confidence about where the edges of the car are about just how much space you're taking up on the road yeah. and it's just a you know it was a delight to drive quite apart from being quite quick and that's definitely fun most of the time when you're driving around town you know what matters more is just sort of how comfortable you feel in the car mm. uh, and i thought it was absolutely it was a yeah it was fair. a good fit Welcome one, welcome all in a Robotop Motorsport Dance Hall. Right up now, on this stage for your delectation in this nation. In them Lord God of them FIA. Hear him now, MC Maxi Mosley Priest. Girls in the brothel, I got to say, please, so me whip them hard to watch them beg and plead. There are video clips of me doing the dirty. I haven't done that since I was this side of 30. 
When me in a uniform, me make them feel ill. Reconsider your position, says they must kill. We want to carry on in the FIA. The chances of that happening after today are as likely as finding out that you marked us But Max is still in power as the world is. Watch me survive a vote of no confidence. He's still here. Defend the Ration, they try to defeat me, but Maxi have the last laugh when they all re-elect me. Gareth Jones on speed, really, really fast, yeah, really fast. I quite like driving cars which have got a bit of oomph. My regular steed, for want of a better word, is not that Boeing 757 just going overhead. Sorry, it's an HS 146 going into City Airport. Scandinavian Airlines. Isn't, isn't that one of the most reliable uh, small aircraft? Uh, and one of the quietest, apparently, as well. Wow, the shadow yeah. of the plane just went over there. That, that was, was modern. That was really weird. Yeah, <laughs> 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 Right over us. My regular steed is a, a, an old now Toyota Sora it's got a 3 litre straight 6 engine with variable valve timing it's got plenty of oomph and I'm used to driving quickly but that Mini Cooper was quicker than every way it had a higher top speed which I can verify it had uh, more accelerative powers and it goes round corners quicker I found it enormously satisfying because my whole reason for getting this car was that a lot of my driving these days is ferrying my children around locally here in North London. I don't like the idea of driving my big fat car for those sort of purposes. And talking of fat cars, we're coming to your new car presently, Richard. <laughs> um, so I thought, I, I, you know, could I live with a Mini Clubman? And the resounding answer is absolutely yes, but I need a long roof box for it so I can get all the camping stuff in that we need can now. Can I ask, though, did you not find certain elements of it? Now, I've not driven the Clubman, but I have driven the new shape Cooper S. Did you not find some elements of it annoying? Like the key, for example. It's counterintuitive. Yes, it's you have to push rubbish. the key in to get it out. Yeah, but also, you know, you have to sort of, you put it in, you can't see the slot because the steering wheel's in the way. It, the, the little dongle thing only goes in one way up, it yep. won't go in the other way. Yep. And then you've got to push the start button. So it takes like twice as long as starting a car with, say, uh, a key. Yeah, it seems to have worked perfectly nice well. Yeah. Intuitive, yeah. If that is the biggest problem with a car, it's not a problem, uh, ultimately. Ah, well, I haven't, st- I haven't finished yet. Oh. The stalks. <laughs> Those stalks that don't have dentons on them, so they don't, yep. you know, you click the stalk on a normal car and yep. it moves its position up to say turn the wipers on turn the indicators on that's gone to that system that was pioneered on the Vauxhall Vectra and you tap now, it yeah and is now on uh, BMW 5 series and stuff yep. got it and, and I just thought it worked particularly badly in the Mini is that just not being overly familiar with the other system is this not, um, because let me you know on, on my first impressions I didn't mind that and you know I thought I would get used to it but but I haven't tried living with it for more than a couple of hours so yeah I, well, I, I had a Cooper S for a, a week and I thought I, I, won't, I won't judge it yet I'll get used to this and I'll get used to the key and certainly after we, another. Is he just it's a one four six again. <laughs> <laughs> They've uh, spotted where we're recording and they're <laughs> circling <laughs> over us. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you look down to your left, you'll see Gareth Jones on speed being recorded. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I adapted to it pretty quickly because fairly recently I've driven a three series and a five series. Yes, and they have a similar system. Mm. It took you about half an hour to adapt, I think, Zog. Yeah, something like that before I get used to the But I just think it's still on. more difficult, even with familiarity, to use than the old-fashioned system. I think it's one of those areas where a car 
companies have, have decided that they're going to reinvent something that perhaps didn't need reinventing. I just found it unnecessary that there's still a margin for error. You know, you try and cancel indicator, you end up indicating the other way. You've got to be very delicate with that. The wipers, I just didn't really get on with that. You know, t- tap it up once to start the That's wipers. That's right. Tap it up again. And then, so then so if you've got it on fast wipe and then suddenly you go into a tunnel... You can't go bang, 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 yeah. and knock it down three times, and it yeah. doesn't seem to react properly. It thinks it's a bit you've like just a sequential, made a mistake. Bit like yeah. a sequential gearbox. Yes, yeah. but like a really old school rubbish one. I just <laughs> found that annoying. And um, I, the one I borrowed, did the one you have, uh, was it fitted with sat nav? No, it wasn't. Oh, no. Ah, that's okay. The speedometer is the size of it's a enormous. fat man's dinner plate, isn't it? It's, it's the size of a, uh, a colossal squid's eye or something. It's, it yeah, is, yeah. How many Labradors is that? If we may go back to the last program, and yeah, I think it's equivalent to uh, 1.75 Labradors. 1.75. The this massive. A bit of whales. The reasoning behind this, I think, is that because the mini traditionally has its speedo in the centre of the dash and not directly in front of you where you're you're steering the car from, to compensate for the fact that it's not. In front of you, they make it about four times the size of a dinner plate, yeah. which is all right for me. It's a big, attractive thing, but my girlfriend in the passenger seat and our two children in the back seat, who can all monitor exactly how quickly yeah. Dad is going, <laughs> never got off my back. So you know, yeah. it does make you drive a little more slowly. Well, you should get one with satnav fitted because then the satnav screen occupies the middle of the speedometer. The speedo itself becomes this little sort of translucent lozenge that moves around its perimeter, unreadable, absolutely unreadable. Uh-huh. Thankfully, you can call up a digital speedo in the display on the rev counter, which is in front of you on the steering column. But if you do that, you can't then see the clock or the distance to empty or anything like that, so that's just annoying as well. If I had a criticism of the clubman in any way, it would be about the doors. First of all, not the fact that, you know, it has this asymmetric door system where you've got two front doors and one sort of half rear door that hinges on its rearmost point, so it's like mm. a, what they call a clubman door that hinges on its rearmost point, so it's like mm. a, what they call a suicide door in old-fashioned mm. parlance. And that suicide door is on the driver's side, not the passenger side. Mm. Now, if you've got a right-hand drive car in the UK, you'd expect that to be a bit of a problem. But actually, no, because a lot of my time I'm driving around with the kids in the back on my own. Mm. If I want to let them out, I have to get out anyway. Yeah. So I get out and I just open up a larger aperture for them. And so that didn't bug me, the fact that it's on the wrong side. You know, that's been the biggest criticism of the car. It didn't bug me at all. The only thing that did bug me about it was that because it's a mini, still, by most standards, you can get it into small gaps in car parks where there's two big SUVs parked either side. You can get into little gaps. Now, if you want to open up that rear suicide door, the only way you can do it, avoiding the split sirens, is to open up your front door on the driver's side almost to its zenith, to its greatest point, before you can, in fact, open that rear door. Really? Uh, Yeah. And if you're in a too small a gap, you just can't do it, so the rear door becomes unusable. That's the the only problem I found with it. It's not great for gaps in car parks. Mm. And you spotted something about the rear... Sorry, Well, I was just going to say, but but, but if you're in a tight spot, of course, you can just get it clambering through your... through the, you know, the... uh, The the rear doors. Doors, the yeah. rear doors. Yeah. Uh, and this is well, what I'm you... I'm trying to what I should call them, but rear doors will do. Rear, yes. Yeah, the boot doors. Tailgate. Tailgate, Tailgate. Yeah. yeah. Because they're barn doors. They don't open French like... Windows, <laughs> yeah, French windows. <laughs> or English windows, in the case. Oxford windows. But this, this car, the, the boot on the Clubman, doesn't open like a hatchback from the tailgate all the way up. It doesn't open like a, a Range Rover, where you've got a split, where the window goes up and then the tailgate drops down, a la shooting brake, you might say. They open like barn doors. Two doors opening like... Not barn doors. Yeah. 
Now, this has a slight downside. You spotted, Zog. If you're looking in your rear-view mirror, what do you yeah, see? Yeah, well, it, it means that the, the, the middle of your rear-view mirror is taken up by a big, solid, vertical line. Mm. And the big problem with that is it makes it a lot harder to see motorbikes behind mm. you on the motorway. Yeah. Um, and that's something you should be keeping your eye open for. And if a bike is driving behind you, he's going to be absolutely blocked by that central pillar. And I think that's a really uh, dangerous So bikers, feature. if you're behind a mini clubman on the motorway, take care. Yeah. I was going to say exactly yeah. that. Yeah, watch out for mini clubman well, drivers. stickers on trucks, don't they? If, if you can't see my mirrors, I can't see you. Yeah. If you're on a mini clubman that goes, if you're directly behind me, I can't see you because of my stupid barn doors. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, apart from these odd, tiny, tiny niggles, really, I am utterly smitten by that car mm. I got more comfortable in it than I did in a 3 series wagon it, I found it every bit as quick as a 5 series that, whatever that quick 5 series we had on the programme was and I found it well chuckable and it's been a long time since I've driven a car which has got people pulling up alongside me in the traffic light saying oh that's lovely mate, that's mm. gorgeous and not just women women liked it because of the colour, it was this gorgeous chocolate brown I think and they looked, oh it's cute they kept saying to me, isn't oh, it I've nice seen so you those around. The colour, didn't you, well the things I've seen because that's a clubman only colour and I think, you know, you describe it to someone it's brown, it's metallic brown but in real life it's a fabulous colour the only yeah. problem is every time I see a mini painted in that colour I suddenly get this urge to eat chocolate <laughs> it makes me want, I was saying to Zog it makes me want like chocolate angel delight or something. Mm, very specific. We were talking about this while you were in the house. We were talking about this and and I was was thinking on the way home I might try and buy some chocolate angel delight but then I'll probably find it's really horrid. Chocolate mousse I think that's what I want. Or they stopped making it in 1994. Yeah, along with ice magic. If you want to get a strange desire to eat any chocolate based food stuff now go to our website www.garethjones.tv and there's a picture of the clubman there. in fact, what I might do is make this show available with some extra pictures as well as an enhanced podcast, and I'll put some pictures of the Clubman on there. We'll, we'll see. Maybe you do that, maybe I won't. Mm. The Mini Clubman, of all the things I want to say about it before we move on to something else, I have one major criticism of it. Which is? It's not a Clubman. Because... Because the clubman had the was the was the one with the wooden. The clubman yeah, had no, that sort of more square front, didn't yeah. it? It's a conventional mini. It yeah. is a mini traveller or the mini countryman, I believe the original mm, yeah. car was called, mm. like the Morris traveller. It should they should do it with wood down the side. <laughs> Why did they call it a clubman traveller? You made this observation, Zog, that it, it meets with the, the whole mini adventure advertising campaign. Uh, yeah, well, it does. I mean, because yeah, you say you know, it's a mini adventure traveller. That surely that, that, that ties into that beautifully, you know, adventurer, traveller. I just traveler. think traveller's a bit of an old-fashioned name. It reminds me of Morris Traveller and sort of people in the 50s parping along, district nurses in, in Morris Miners and things. I just think Clubman's a better name. Clubman's a bit more sort of sophisticated. Yeah, Clubman, a bit more yeah, yeah let's go to my club, man. Yeah, yeah, maybe. maybe. Oh, we were talking about last night that no-one ever says discotheque anymore, do they? So there's a one for you, BMW, the Mini Discotheque. Bring it right back. It's retro brown colour, the Mini Disco. Yeah. There's something very 70s about this car. Yeah. Just the fact that it was a, a Mini, just the fact that it was brown, that it was a sort of a Mini Countryman or a Mini Traveller. Never have I driven a car in which I most wanted to listen to Slade or T-Rex. In fact, which is what I did. I even drove my car through barns to go past the place where... When have you ever driven a car without wanting to play That's Slade true, or actually. T-Rex? I do, I do <laughs> listen to a lot of Slade and T-Rex, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
You're listening to Gareth Jones on Speed. I'd like to say live, but it was recorded live in my garden here in North London. Once again, let's listen. What we got going past at the moment? Sounds like a, a plane, Turkish parade a or another plane. Yeah, a plane somewhere up there. I can see the moon. This is really idyllic. Oh, yeah. In case you think this is just a sound effects CD playing in the background, it's not as a pigeon just flown over into a tree. Is that wisteria there? It is wisteria, down? yes. Wisteria. There's yeah. a cat asleep on the roof behind us. Yeah. It's really nice, and it's a beautiful day here in uh, London. So. We just need somebody to kind of walk up a gravel path and open a creaky door. Yes. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what I'd like to do, Richard? Can we do it now? What? I'm going to send you through the house... Yes. Out to the front of the house now, yes, yes. and I want you to start up your car. Ooh, and I think you might be disappointed, but let me give it a go. Okay, all right, keep go, talking. We'll keep talking. We're doing this in the name you of have science, to go, folks. go upstairs to get your keys. A live experiment. You see, Richard's got this rather interesting new car, which um, he hasn't modified the exhaust yet, but he's going to modify the exhaust. And I want to know why he needs to modify the exhaust on this car, when this thing has got something like a six-litre V8 engine, mm. and it should sound it should fantastic sound good as it out is. out of the box. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so we're going we're gonna to give a demonstration of what this car sounds like out of the box, albeit with a microphone that's positioned, what, about um, how many, how far would you say we are from well, the car? The about uh, 25... Yards or so? Yeah, 20, tw- say 20 metres, I'd say. Okay, 20 and to 25 metres. And we've got a little semi-detached Victorian house in between us and where the car is parked out the front. Yeah. So hopefully he will start it up and rev it. We'll remain quiet now so we can hear it. Right on cue. Did you hear that? It went yes. vraj. Tell you what, let's go out the front and record it. Come on. Gareth goes up speed! Brief quiet intermission! Right, so we've walked through the house now. I'm now out the front of my house here in North London. Richard's in his car. You, you've turned it off. Hiya. Do you want me to turn it back on again? Yeah, we, we did actually hear that. Did you? Down there. Now, hang on, we'll just wait for this Mercedes A-Class to stop its engine. I'm going to go out the back and record your tailpipe as it is. Right, hang on a minute. Hang on, here we go. We'll wait for the A-Class to finish. This is a Vauxhall VXR8, or a Holden VXR8, I think it's called in Australia. Okay, Richard, spark it up. That that's that's pretty gruff, isn't it? That's good. That's on the normal pipes, though. I'm going to get some sports pipes put on, I think, because it's it's good, but it could be better. Okay, stop yeah. the engine. We're going to get in the car and do the rest of the show in the car. Okay. Zog, go and sit in the front. Because I know Richard's been very excited about getting this, this car. Fun, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> we are Welcome to my car. Like, thank you. Loving this. We are on, on the road and there's a lot less uh, traffic noise in the car as well. Okay, first impressions, looking around it, looks like a GM to me. You're there's... the second person who said that to me. Yeah. My friend Big John said that and he's, uh, he's got lots of Opel Monzas, so he knows his GM stuff. And the plastic looks a bit plastic. Yeah, it's a bit plastic. You can get, uh, in Australia, I noticed, they do different models that have, like, this centre bit, which is kind of grey here. You can get it in sort of silver, which might be a bit tarty, I don't know. But at the moment, yeah, it's all black and grey. I like to think it's functional. And the I... seats, can I draw your attention to the seats, gentlemen? These, yes, they look nice. suede suede side bits Ooh, yeah. and then leather in the middle. Is yeah. that Alcantara? I believe it might have, yeah, probably. And I, I like your, um, I like the dash. I like the, uh, the design of the, the, the red and black 
on white and the, you know, the well, font they've chosen for the speedo I'm and everything. I'm not so I like keen. That. I like the... Oh, you see it. Now, this is one of, the, one of the things I don't like about it. Could have put the seat on. I don't like about it. Look, I've said put my belt on to stop it binging as soon as you turn the ignition on. Yeah. Give me a minute to put my belt on. Absolutely, yeah. So... If I put the lights on, you might not be able to see this, but look, the, the petrol gauge and the temp gauge, for some reason, are the only dials that are sort of old-school black with white markings. Mm. They look really sweet when they're lit up at night. The Speedo, the rev counter, these look, I've got this bank of gauges in the middle that do my battery vaults, or the, whatever's coming off the alternator, and oil, oil pressure, and pressure and temp. Yeah. And they're also white with red markings, and they just, I think they're a little bit tarty. I mean, I've, I've got to say, I mean, you know, they, they, superficially, they look good in the daylight, but yeah. uh, I'll take your word for it that, that they're not so, not so good. But these are minor quibbles, because overall, this car is fantastic. It is such, such a proper, old-fashioned, manly car. It's so meaty. A six-litre V8, obviously, that's quite a dominating thing, but... The rest of it, you wouldn't believe how much you can chuck it around for a big yeah. car. That's, that's what I was going to say. Does the performance of the chassis match the outrageous performance of what is, in fact, a Corvette engine under the bonnet, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's, yeah, LS2, the GM LS2 engine, uh, which they put into lots of things, but I, is... I think we're going to have to have you pop the bonnet in a minute so we can yeah, we'll, look under we'll, we'll, which won't make great radio, but it, we're going to enjoy it. It won't <laughs> make great radio, no, but we can, we can go ooh-ah at the sheer scale of it. But yeah, apart from that, and look, you've got the steering wheel, right? Which is quite big, it's got this nice flat bottom bit on it, but the wheel is, itself is, is quite large in diameter and the rim's quite fat, but it's absolutely in tune with the way this car drives. It's a big car, you've got this big wheel. Mm. You feel like every time you drive it, if you're wearing a long sleeve shirt or something, you want to roll your sleeves up, it's that kind of car, you're like, right, let's get stuck in. That's it for Gareth Jones on speed for the moment while we carry on talking about Richard's new car. You'll hear lots about it on the show over the next 12 months and uh, we're not going to finish with a song today. Instead we're going to finish with a different kind of music. Here's the sound of Richard's car once again. Bye guys. Bye. Bye. This episode of Gareth Jones on Speed will also be made available as an enhanced podcast with images. Return to garethjones.tv in the next few days for more details. Right to the show on speed at garethjones.tv. You can read more info at www.garethjones.tv or subscribe for free at the iTunes Store. Gareth Jones on Speed is made by Wizbang. Bang. <laughs>